faith of the community is asked to seek understanding, faith seeking understanding, fides querens intellectum, is what theology must embody and represent. What distinguishes faith from blind assent is just its special character is faith seeking understanding. Karl Barth, Evangelical Theology. Today on Theology in Perspective, we will be discussing the need for Pentecostal theology and the Pentecostal hunger and longing for God. This is Henry Volk, and you are listening to Theology in Perspective, the podcast about Pentecostal theology. Um, I'm just so excited to, to be there in your speaker, and your earbuds, whichever way you're listening. First of all, let me say just how grateful I am for you for tuning in. That's awesome. And I'm very excited about our topic for today's show. Um... Very surprisingly, we're going to be talking about theology. Shocker, right? But, you know, I'm just so excited to be doing this podcast, and I really hope it's a blessing to you, that it'll bless your life, and that we can grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ together. Now, if you grew up Pentecostal, like me, and especially if you were maybe from like a more rural area, uh it's very possible that your pastor had no formal training never went to bible college or never went to seminary and if that's you at one point or another you probably heard the awful cheesy joke the pastors who don't go to bible college will make and so they the pastor will be up there preaching and he, or he may be given his testimony and he'll say something to the effect of you know I almost went to cemetery. Oops, I meant seminary. And then everyone starts laughing and give a chuckle. It's a pun, it's a pun, it's it's clever. But it's not really that funny, if you think about it. Because we want our ministers, our pastors, our spiritual physicians to be trained. And I don't want to like speak ill of anyone's you know, maybe maybe that guy was really called by God and he didn't go to Bible college you know like look at the disciples I mean they, they were fishermen and Jesus is like follow me and they left the boat and they started following Jesus so I mean yeah God calls everyone 
but God also wants us to be trained for the work of the ministry. And so the joke isn't actually that funny because our pastors are the physicians of our souls. And you know, just historically, I think in Pentecostalism, there has been an aversion to uh, intellectual faith. Uh, there's this belief that somehow faith is opposed to intellect. And that may be because Pentecostals have always been very passionate believers. You know, and so I think that there's always been this fear of having a dry faith or a dead faith that's merely intellectual. And so if clergy have an aversion to academic faith, it's not surprising then that that Pentecostal laity also share that same kind of prejudice towards uh, intellectual faith. And so, like I said, you know, I don't want to speak ill of anyone's experience because, you know, if you're a minister for the gospel and you are, you know, out there preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ and you didn't have formal theological education, maybe that wasn't afforded to you. Um, you know, I just want to say that's awesome. You know, but at the same time, we also need to just strive as Pentecostals to uh, become more informed and, and not be afraid of the intellect, of the intellectual side of faith. And so, theology, theology, it's not a word you hear every day. You don't like walk down the street and people are like talking about like systematic theology. This doesn't happen. But theology, the word itself is, is a fairly simple word. The word literally means God talk. The word theologia, the Greek word, is made up of two words, theos, God, and logia, to discourse, to discourse about God. Theology plain and simple is talking about God. I'm doing theology right now. You've done theology in the past. You know, when we think about God, when we talk about God, we are doing theology. And here's the great thing about living at the time that we do. You see, because Christians have been talking about God for the last 2,000 years there is literally a treasure, a 2,000-year-old treasure of theological goodness available to us today. And it's literally a click away, a theological wellspring. You know, it, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, you can go online and read the Church Fathers for free. You can go and read Luther and John Wesley online on the internet for free. You know, Christians in the past, they would have died to, to, to have those resources available to them. It's amazing. And it's right there at the palm of our hand, and yet we neglect it. And here's the, here's the exciting part for me. Not only do we have 2,000 years worth of theological goodness that was given to us, that we've inherited, that's our Christian heritage, if that wasn't awesome enough, but... Today, there are amazing Pentecostal theologians writing 
and their contributions are going to be added to that wellspring, to that treasure of Christian theology. And that's, for me, that's very exciting. You know, I I kind of mentioned that in the first podcast, that this blossoming academic intellectual sector within Pentecostalism is what drew me back to the movement. You know, for whatever reason, the, the intellectual side of faith, that really jived with me when I began, you know, getting more serious about my faith and studying. It just, it jived. And I didn't see that in the Pentecostalism I was raised with. You know, I saw emotionalism and anti-intellectualism. And I'm like, I just, I don't belong here. But after I left the movement, I, I began seeing, you know, authors and theologians who who weren't afraid of church history. They weren't afraid to read the church fathers. You know, church history didn't begin with Billy Graham for them. (laughs) You know, they had the same criticisms of the movement that I did. And yet they they understood what it it means to be a Pentecostal and what it means to to be a a Pentecostal who isn't afraid to, to embrace that intellectual side of faith. So, point one, theology is God talk. Theology is talking about God, but point two, theology is faith seeking understanding. So, there's a great saying by St. Anselm of Canterbury, a very important theologian in the history of the church and this saying by him is kind of based on um, a a saying of St. Augustine another immensely important theologian in the history of the church Augustine said believe so that you may understand but Anselm says I do not seek to understand in order that I may believe but rather I believe in order that I may understand. And of course, Anselm is the one who who came up with this phrase, faith-seeking understanding. And of course, I quoted that uh, in the opening of the podcast when Bart quotes it. Point number one, theology is God talk. Point number two, theology is faith-seeking understanding. We believe in Jesus Christ. And you know, we've been apprehended by Christ, but you know, in order to, to know him better, we have to understand him. We have to seek understanding. And that's what theology is. It is faith-seeking understanding. You know, and that's so important because I think in Pentecostalism, there's often this dichotomy that, that people throw out between you know, head knowledge and heart knowledge. And I think that's so false. Theology... It's just not a mental thing. You know, it begins because we are, in fact, believers. Theology is possible because we are believers. This is something that the great theologian Paul Tillich talked about. You know, uh, for Tillich, you know, a non-Christian can't do theology. They might be able to do, like, philosophy of religion, but for Tillich, if, if you're not a Christian, if you don't have faith, what you're doing is philosophy of religion. It's not theology. Theology is, in fact, dependent upon faith. It's 
It's only in that state of ultimate concern that one can do theology. One can actually think about God and it matter. You know, talk about God and it matter because it comes from that state of being apprehended by Christ. And so theology, it's it's not something dry and intellectual apart from faith. It's a, it's a living part of our faith. You know, it's because we believe that we seek to understand. And so when when we accept these false dichotomies like, well, that, that's head knowledge and not heart knowledge, it's so untrue. But because we've been grasped by God in faith, God has you know, demanded all of us, right? You know, he, he does. He, he demands our affections. He, he demands our heart. He demands our bodies, that they be sanctified to him. But he also demands our minds, our intellect, that this also be surrendered over to him for the use of his kingdom. You know, and I think for so long we, we've bought into this this false dichotomy of, of head knowledge and heart knowledge and that, that somehow head knowledge will lead you, lead you away from the faith. But that's so untrue because God demands it. He, he wants all of us. You know, and how, how many times have we heard sermons where it's like, you know, God wants all of you. Just don't do, you know, just don't be a Christian on Sundays. Or It's the same principle. God, God demands our intellect. The, the, the gospel speaks to the whole person, just not part of us. It just doesn't speak to our, to our heart, to our affections. I mean, it speaks to the whole person. The whole person. It commands the whole person. It demands the whole person. You know, and so in faith, God has apprehended all of you, your heart, your affections, your body, and your intellect. And so if we're going to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you know, that relationship just isn't strengthened in the affections. You know, it, it's strengthened in, in the intellect and in our growing in knowledge of him. Again, Anselm said, you know, I seek to understand because I believe. And so there's a great quote from Simon Chan in his book, Pentecostal Theology and the Christian Spiritual Tradition, that I'd like to, to read. And he actually quotes Anselm here. And he says, for Anselm, knowing about God and knowing God are one and the same thing. He knows nothing about any abstract thought about God based on pure reasoning. Understanding God is always in the context of a believing heart. Credo ut intelligem, I believe in order that I may understand. The point I am making here about pre-enlightenment theology goes back to a problem posed earlier. How do we reflect on truth without losing its total reality? We can see that the danger of turning truth into merely an object of thought is itself a modern problem. The modern mind is still very much possessed by the Cartesian ghost, which instinctively tells it that thinking about something or someone must involve a subject I acting on an object it, and the moment we objectivize something, we see less than the whole. So when modern Christians speak piously about cultivating heart knowledge and derogatorily of head knowledge, little do they realize 
that their understanding of theology already presupposes the Cartesian epistemology rather than the holistic faith of the church. So I do want to say a couple things about this quote. He uses that term Cartesian, and that, that's referring to uh, Rene Descartes, the, the, the famous philosopher who was a dualist, that he had this, this uh, distinction between mind and body. Uh, it's, a, it's a metaphysical assumption. And that, that most of us uh, Westerners have, have continued to believe in <laughs> and and so I think that does get to the heart of the problem because when, when we think about a lot of Christian teaching today it focuses on the relationship with Christ you know and like Chan said it you know it's cultivating that heart knowledge but you know for members of the ancient church like he talked about Anselm knowing about God was knowing him you know, learning from the church because you know the church is Christ's body. You know, and theology is done for the body, by the body. Sometimes theologians don't do that. Sometimes they do theology for the academy, which doesn't really help the body of Christ. But theology should be done for Christians, for the church. And the truth of the matter is, is that when when pastors have these kind of anti-intellectual biases you're still getting theology from the pulpit it's probably just bad theology because for 2,000 years the, the church has been speaking to its members and when we fail to, to recognize those voices and listen to their counsel it's not surprising that that we end up with goofy ideas and, and, and broken churches and because there's this wealth and wellspring of knowledge that's available to us from the church as Pentecostals I think how we overcome this false dichotomy and this is my third point we need to see theology doing theology studying theology as an act of of worship to God because that's what it would have been for someone like Anselm you, you never would have convinced someone like Thomas Aquinas that studying faith was somehow opposed to like living the faith it just wouldn't have happened now St. Paul does warn us that knowledge puffs up that love edifies you know, so knowledge for for the sake of knowledge is useless. And I, I'm going to back. I'm going to go back to what Tillich says, says that, and say that that's not really theology. That's like, you know, anthropology of religion or you know, philosophy of religion or whatever. You know, but when when we approach theology from a place of humility, and and we go to the great minds of the church the theologians and the doctors and the saints of the church and, and our great Pentecostal theologians who are writing today and we come with humility seeking to know Christ better and we treat studying as a means of worship whereby the Holy Spirit will guide us and 
instruct us and lead us closer to Christ, then we'll we've overcome that false dichotomy. We we've then we will have like laid to rest this false doctrine. So theology is for, for Pentecostals too. I mean don't think that that intellectual study of faith is somehow opposed to the spirit, opposed to the things of the spirit, because that's simply not true. Because the truth is you're already doing theology. You're already being taught theology. But we want godly theology, we want correct theology, and we want theology that points us back ultimately to Christ and to his word. And so there's so much more I could say. I I may end up doing another uh, podcast on theology with just some more dry stuff, (laughs) if this wasn't dry enough for you already. But I don't want to go on too long. And so I really hope that this was a blessing to you and that in some small way I can maybe by God's grace uh, you know help ignite that fire to seek understanding because it's it's hard when when you're taught against that because it seems so foreign it was for me until I kind of like tasted it (laughs) it's like taste and see that the Lord is good and then when you do you realize this is actually nourishing to my soul. You know, it's funny. C.S. Lewis, I'll end with this. C.S. Lewis, when he, when he converted to Christianity, he, you know, he was an atheist. And he converted, and, you know, obviously you get, when you convert, you, you get the, the list of things you're supposed to read as a good Christian. And a lot of the contemporary literature, which focused on the practical kind of Christian life, focused on prayer, didn't really nourish his soul. But it's when he got into reading the church fathers like Augustine that he really began to to draw inspiration and strength and spiritual nourishment. And obviously we're not all C.S. Lewis, but at the same time we need to realize that there's a great treasure of theology that the church has laid up and it's there for us and Pentecostal theologians are writing today and they're writing great great stuff and it's there to help us grow in our faith and it's there to help us know Jesus Christ better theology is there to help us know Jesus Christ better. So with that, this is Henry Volk. You've been listening to Theology and Perspective. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Have a blessed day.